Sally Beauty's new all-in-one hair color kits make it easy to color your hair at home. Get everything you need to color for beautifully radiant results. Loved by professionals, open to everyone. Sally Beauty. You're listening to the Fantrax Podcast Network. Fantasy Sports Entertainment lives here. Hello out there and welcome to the FWO Podcast. Do not adjust your audio. I am hosting tonight. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, people. No. It's going to be a fun show. Uh, I am your host, Nick Ligatino, of the Fantasy World Order podcast for Fantrax Radio. Wow, with- you sound like you're repeating yourself already. <laughs> All right, well, whatever. With me as always, Pat the Rat, as every- anyone who's ever met him refers to him as. This is a total disaster. <laughs> and Joe, the the leader of the Elvis Andrus fan club. Oh my God! What are we gonna have Pat back? <laughs> um. Anyway, all right. Let's get to the show, guys. It's been a hell of a week of baseball. A lot to talk about. A lot of call ups. Let's jump right into it. Uh, Ronald Acuna, Walker Bueller, David Dahl, Torres. Uh, Flaherty, Tyler O'Neill. Uh, we like a lot of these guys, right? Uh, where do you rank them, Joe? Yeah, so I'm going with uh, Flaherty. I think that's – he's a uh, – well, not uh, – it's probably Okuna, then Flaherty, um, then Bueller, Torres, O'Neill, and Dahl. Okay, I totally agree with Joe on the top two, Acuna and Flaherty. And then I've got Dahl, Torres, Bueller, and O'Neill. So do you guys think that Flaherty is going to have an extended stay? With, I mean, Wainwright's only on the 10-day DL. He's saying he'll come, he's going to come back quick. It's an elbow injury. It's yeah. an injury that he – the elbow is hurting him in the offseason. He's not very good anymore. So this gives them the, oppor- the out to get him, you know – sit out for a little bit, get Flaherty an extended look. Maybe somebody else gets hurt. Maybe Flaherty is so good that they can't take him back out. Maybe they go six man. The point is, is that Flaherty has the opportunity now and he's going to get at least, I believe two starts um, to show what he can do. And until Wainwright starts to really throw and ramp up again, nobody knows how long he's going to be out. Yeah, and he already has one stellar start this season under his belt in the bigs and a bunch of really good ones in the minors. He's been lights out. But I do want to say, in my opinion, Dahl is extremely close to Flaherty in terms of these rankings. And if you needed the offense, I would go Dahl over Flaherty. So season-long value, you like Dahl over Flaherty, right? No, I like Flaherty over Dahl in a vacuum. Okay. If you need the offense, they're close enough. You know, If you're firm on pitching – but you could use a little bit of offense, then I would take Dahl over Flaherty in that case. Okay. Um, all right, so Acuna, who's obviously, I think, the, the headliner of this list, um, if he comes out swinging out of the gates and he's red hot, do you throw him on the, uh, on the trade block? Of course. This is the same thing as Otani a few weeks ago. Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and the format is important, right? Because in a redraft league, um, I think it's a definite yes. In a keeper, any sort of keeper league, then uh, absolutely not. 
All right. And so if he comes out and let's say if you're the, if you're the Acuna owner and he's really, really good for two weeks, let's say he's doing, he's on pace for what people kind of think he is, which is like, you know, 20, 25 or something in that area with a nice average. Who were you trying to target? Like, where is his value? Oh, that's league dependent, I think. Right. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta shoot for the fences with someone like Okuna. I mean, That's he's got I mean. the, he's so, got the name power. So you gotta be. I mean, I'd be shooting right out of the gate, like top thirty-five player. So if Acuna comes out, he's great. Would you say that a guy to target in the area would be like Chris Davis with a K? Well, that's too high. I think I might even shoot higher. Wow, really? Yeah, to start, people are that, crazy so about Okuna. Yeah, like the guy that jumps out in my mind is Christian Yelich. Uh, like that was the that was the name that I, I sort of put as the line that I would start at, um, and I would certainly do that. I mean, I, I think it's I think that Joe is correct. The hype is going to be out of control. It's just like Otani a couple of weeks ago. Um, if he starts hot, you can really write your own meal ticket as far as this goes, and. You know, if you've been sitting on him for three weeks, it's tough to kind of let him go, especially if he starts hot. But to return value at this point where he was going, he's got to be like roughly a top 85 player. Yeah. Um, and that's asking a lot of a 20-year-old kid on his first trip through the majors. Acuna or Buxton rest of the season? This is fascinating to me. Um, you know, Acuna is basically Buxton – three years ago. Um, they're similar. They're extremely toolsy, but I think there's more substance and actual track record with the Kuna than there ever was with Buxton. Buxton was a lot more projection. Yes. So yeah. give me a Kuna based on that. And also for the reality that his path to runs and RBIs is much better than Buxton's. Acuna was hitting sixth, sixth tonight. It is a very easy path for him to get up into the top four of that lineup if he hits well, whereas Buxton started the year hitting eighth, and you know he's already got ground to make up on on Acuna in terms of his lineup position. And can we admit that the Braves lineup with Acuna actually looks pretty damn good now? Please. No, it's still very, very top-heavy. Albies is leading the league in runs. Yo, Kurt, man. Kurt. Kurt. Yeah, Kurt's like freaking that, that, right now. That is me and Pat's boy, by the way, right? I've never heard either of you mention. We talked about issues. him on the catcher podcast. Don't even do this to us. You get yeah, we were credit. talking about the Braves catchers. 0.0. Anthony Rendon, after being day-to-day for about a week, the Nats finally put him on the DL with a toe injury. What is your level of concern here with his injury past? Well, Nick, we should throw this back to you, being that we know you have Rendon shares. I have zero worry. It's a toe injury that he tried to play through. It is bruised. He went for an MRI. They came back negative. There's nothing broken. There is nothing strained. There is no tears. Um, therefore, I am just not even a little bit worried. It's it's, it's a bruised toe. He's going to come back, and he'll be fine. Okay, so I, 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 I do have a little bit of concern about the speed. He said that he's having a lot of trouble uh, running. Um, and it hurts him to run. Mm-hmm. So he said he's got no pain when he hits, though, right? So as far as the back 
is concerned, I'm not worried at all. It's just I think he it might take a hit in some speed. For now, I mean, yeah, yeah. but that's overall, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, like I think that once he comes back, like first of all, he'll definitely come back as soon as he's eligible. I think I'm not worried about that at all. Yeah, um, I think he will too. And I think what uh, maybe a couple of days, or if when he right when he comes back, I think he's right back at 100. percent It's just a bruised toe, and he was available to pinch hit right before he went on the DL. FYI. Yeah, but I mean that to me is somewhat concerning. Like he was, he was. I always get concerned with these types of injuries where it's he's fine, he just needs a day, he's day to day, he can pinch hit. Oh no, wait, he's on the ten day day DL. Oh no, wait, we're not going to see him until May. You know, it just it, it seems like it's getting worse. And Rendon is a guy that doesn't have a great track record when it comes to being injured. He's a player that has struggled with um, recovery times in the past. He struggled with um, playing through injuries. Um, he's not the type of player that can kind of tough it out and still be productive. Now, in the past, it's usually been a knee injury, and that's more significant than a toe, but I'm definitely more concerned than the two of you are. Okay. Um other injury notes, Xander Bogarts, Byron Buxton, Eugenio Suarez, Rich Hill, Straley, Wien Chen, Healy. They're all in uh, rehab games and expected back within a week. Donaldson and Eaton are on their way there. Um, Trinan and Beltre are – I'm sorry, Beltre hit the DL with a hamstring strain, and Thames just hit the DL with a UCL, correct? In his thumb, yeah. In his thumb, so. that's not good. Uh, what's your level of worry on those two guys, on Beltre and Thames? Beltre has always been pretty good at coming back from injury, but at this point he's so old that I don't think you can expect him back in the minimum time frame. That team is terrible. Um, so it's not looking good if you own those Beltre shares. Um, I think you've got a hold uh, a guy we've talked about over the last few weeks, Colin Moran. I think is readily available and a nice fill-in for Beltre in deep mixtures. Um, and then with Thames, I mean, uh, this is a really bad injury. This can keep him out for you know a month and a half to two months. Um, he was a guy that was tearing the cover off the ball, really starting to rebuild his value after the playing time concerns um, that followed him. Um, you know, I don't think I would buy him because guys that have this injury typically struggle to regain their power, even when they return, um, you know, in the short term, you know, I think long-term he'll be fine, but um, you know, I think you're looking at a six to eight week absence and then maybe, you know, two, three weeks of struggles before he gets back to a normal level. Um, but the one thing that is notable about Thames is this really clears that playing time log jam and suddenly Domingo Santana becomes, um, you know, almost an everyday player, I would think. And with that, he becomes much more appealing than he's been. So if Thames is cut in any league that you're in, is he an automatic pickup? Oh, uh, it depends. Do I, I have DL spots? Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. So he's not he's not worth rostering for a month on the DL if you don't. No. Not especially if you're like in the bottom bottom half of your league, right? Like you can't afford a dead roster yeah. spot. Um. So something I, I have a question for you guys. When do you think Willie Calhoun gets a call? I mean, half the the Rangers starting lineup is dead. Yeah. Now it's got to be soon. Now the path is definitely a bit more clear, but. I, I, he should have been up sooner, just like Acuna. So I don't, I don't really know what they're waiting for. But I, I mean, well, my prediction is it's got to be within the next, like within the next month. I don't pretend to know when these teams are going to call players up. I agree with you; it should be soon, but who knows? Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's get into our first segment of the night: fantasy or reality. This is a throwback. Bro, I was just going to say, a game we used to play back in the day. Um, so I'm going to give you guys a statement, and uh, these two guys are going to tell you whether it's fantasy or reality. Despite missing three weeks and being on one of the worst offensive teams in baseball, JT Real Muto finishes as a top five catcher. Fantasy or reality? You want me to start this one off? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so... Um... I think uh, Wilson Contreras and, and Gary Sanchez still need to get on their own streaks. And uh, Posey and Yachty are already within the top five and probably have a good shot of staying in there. But in the spirit of this question, um, I think if he isn't top five, he's going to finish like sixth. The catcher is just so weak that, uh, that even with the misplaying time, Real Muto should be right there. And he hit a home run tonight, so... He's he's already starting off pretty well. So fantasy, Pat? No reality. Wait, no. It's the answer is will he be a top five catcher? Yeah, and I said in the spirit of the the question, I think yeah, yeah, he will. Oh, either five okay. or six. All right, all right. So yes, reality. Okay, I'm gonna say reality. Catcher is a very rough position, as we all know. Um, you know, Joe pointed out that Molina's up there. Grandal has um, a legitimate chance. Um, he's made a swing change. Barnes hasn't looked as good as um, many thought he would. Um, you know, you've got Posey and Sanchez that are going to make their runs. And then there's sort of, you know, an opening in that top five there for Real Muto to sneak in. Um, and he's come out of the gate very hot. He's... Uh, a player that puts together a pretty decent batting average, good power, um, league average, league average-ish power, and then can kick in, you know, eight, ten, maybe even twelve steals. Um, even spending, it'll probably be two thirds of the season in Miami. I still think he can get there. Yeah, so it's reality. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with. Uh fantasy here i i I actually kind of like real mudo i always did but looking at the top five guys and guys that could slide in i just don't think he's gonna get there um you got sanchez Contreras, posey now salvador is back healthy um wilson ramos is a guy i like a lot i think he's gonna get get it together at some point soon evan gaddis is getting regular at bats and you know we all know he's got the power uh i just don't think that Real Muto is going to slide in there. I, just outside of it, I like the player. I think he's a, he's a smart hitter. Um, he doesn't strike out much. He knows how to get on base. But I have him just outside. 
All right. Next one. Looked upon as a part-time player. And with the last We're skipping this one because he's not alive. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll edit that out. Worst post ever. (laughs) All right. Anyway. um, Next one. Brandon Belt has finally found it and will combine a 275 average with 25 home run pop and a breakout season. God, I can't believe we're going this route again. All right, Pat. Before before you tell me why this is going to happen, I've just it's a very quick note, right? I'm so, not going to say it's going to happen. Okay. Wow, I'm surprised. I want to say yes so badly. Yes. I, this whole podcast wants to, but he still calls San Francisco home, so that's why I this is fantasy. Yeah, and we've seen the flashes from him before. The 21 pitch at bat was amazing. Oh, um, it was great. He's definitely on a power tear right, right now. Nick can tell you, we got off the air last week, and I said to Nick, I'm done with this guy. <laughs> I'm dropping him. I had the transaction in, and then he hit a walk-off homer, and I said, ah, just when I was out, he pulled me back in. <laughs> and now he's red hot. So, I mean, you got to roll it out. But with him, there's always an injury or a slump right around the corner. As Joe said, the ballpark is incredibly difficult for lefty power. Um, the offense, although improved, is still subject to prolonged slums, um, as we saw to start the season. So, I mean, if this were like 265, 20 homers. I would say reality, but yeah. I mean, even that's not impressive. So I would ride the streak. And then when he starts to cool, maybe say goodbye. Yeah, I'm out. I'm not doing this again. We've done it for the last seven years on the podcast. We actually jump ship probably the year before last where, boy, we've loved the belt for a while. Yo, but um, we still want it so bad. <laughs> yeah, because you see it. I mean, he pay- if anyone passes the eye test, it's this friggin' guy. He Yo, if he was in Yankee Stadium, oh my god. I don't even goodness. think it's so much the stadium. I mean, yes, it's a place no, of it is. No, it plays a huge part in it, but he also loses himself so bad at Yeah, he times. does, you're right. And sometimes he looks great, but listen. Yeah, but I think part of the reason why he loses himself is because of the ballpark. Yeah, it's possible. Um, but listen, food for thought, um, from March and April in his career are his best home run hitting months. So he usually gets off to a good start with power. Um, I just think he's going to cool down soon, get off the hype train. This is, this is fantasy. Next up, Jed Lowry regresses eventually, but not to a level everyone thinks. And he finishes the year as a top 100 fantasy asset. Fantasy or reality, Joe, you could take this one. First. I'm taking this one? All right, yeah. So I wanted to say yes just when I glanced at this, but um, I'm probably going to say that this is fantasy. So Larry has always had a pretty strong hit tool with a mid-teens K percentage, but that's crept up close to 20% now. And he's hitting the living crap out of the ball uh, as he's 15th in barrels right now. Um, With that said, I do still think this is just more of a hot streak than things to stay because his average launch angle is 13.1 degrees which probably really isn't quite high enough for him to it's be not bad. popping. It's, it's above league average. Yeah, but it's not high. And it's yeah. not really it's not really where you want to see it. Yeah. Um so I think he can I think he can get around 20 home runs, but I still don't think that'll put him into top 100. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is fantasy too. If it was like a top 150, I might bite. But Lowry's mm-hmm. not going to run at all. He's got an extensive injury history. The batted ball profile, aside from the hard contact percentage, doesn't look all that different from where it's been in the past. He had a launch angle's changed a bit. But I think he's just locked in right now. I think he's another ride-the-street guy. Um, he needs to be owned right now. But I don't expect this to be some kind of like late career breakout. I don't think he's pulling a Daniel Murphy. Um, before long, like Belt, I expect the injury or slump to bite. Yeah, I agree. But one thing to look at is that he has made <clears throat> tremendous strides in OBP, just getting on base this year and last year. The 360 OBP last year through 645 at-bats. So that's a really large, you know, that, those are that's a lot of plate appearances, and that's a really solid number, 360, especially when you compare it to what he's done in years past where he's been usually around 320. So I think we've seen him undergo some kind of change at the plate. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get to or surpass 20 for the first time in his career. I really wouldn't. But even though it still doesn't come with any speed whatsoever, um, and – the runs in RBIs, I don't know. The A's, uh, you guys were right. This team is actually pretty good, and they're pretty fun to watch. Uh, so, he, you know, he, he could possibly score a bunch of runs and get some RBIs. But he's an interesting player because when you look at him, to me, I don't know. I just always kind of thought that at some point he would turn in like a Chase Headley-esque year out of nowhere. <laughs> he hasn't done it. Could be this year. Maybe it will be. Yeah, so, I, I, I think, right, I think I mentioned that, that K percentage and it crept up, and I think that's – I think he's making a change of sorts that he's selling out a little bit more to hit the ball a little bit harder. But yeah, I, I mean, in general, I'm with you guys. Uh, here we go. Astro Jose Altuve's lack of running pretends. Wait, I have to rewind this. <laughs> Jose Kid Altuve can't even read. Oh my God, Nick. <laughs> Jose Altuve's lack of running portends a sign of things to come as he finishes below 50 combined home runs and stolen bases. All right. All right. So the last time uh, the two finished with a stolen base in a month, one stolen base in a month was August of 2016. He's still at 30 that season. Um, I do think it's signs of things to come at some point. And I warned everyone about this potentially happening sooner rather than later. Yes, you did. Um, Correct. So with all that said, I know he's been really, really focused on getting his first home run, as he's he's expressed verbally um, some minor frustration about not hitting a home run yet. So I do think once he once he gets that off his, that monkey off his back, he'll get the ball rolling. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I expressed this before. I'm I'm concerned. Wait, so are you fantasy or reality with that statement? I don't think uh, we established that. Below 50 combined home runs and stolen bases, I will take the under just. I think he gets like 48 or 49. Okay. I'm going to say it's fantasy. I'm not ready to throw in the towel on the 50 homer plus steal mark for Altuve. I think I'm sort of with you, Joe. I think he might just get there like a 22 homer, 28 steal kind of season. Um for what it's worth, last year, to start the year, Altuve's ISO was 146, and he was over 200 for the next four months. So it could just be um, a slow start to the year in terms of the ISO. Um, Altuve is a stud. I, the, the category juice is going to come. 
It doesn't look like he's any slower. Um, he's not. I think he will. I think he will find his way there before long. Yeah. And I'm, even without any of that category juice, he's still hitting like what three forty. Yeah. yeah. With a with a three ninety six OBP, he's the best. He's gonna he's, he's gonna get the home runs. It's really just the stolen bases. And again, right? Like I think I I think he'll be like right around there, right? Like so, I think he'll be like twenty five home runs, twenty five steals, maybe a little bit more. So like that's that's what we're gonna be looking at though. Um. Yeah, I'm going just under. Um, this is 111 plate appearances already. Uh, the season is moving fast, and he has zero home runs, one stolen base. So I'm going under just because uh, I just don't think he's going to reach 25 home runs this year. And I, uh, like I said, we're already 111 plate appearances in. Although he's still going to be so valuable because the batting average will be 330-ish or something crazy like that, and he'll score a bunch of runs in RBIs. I just think he comes uh, just short of 50. And, like, I'm with Joe. Like, that 48-49 area looks looks like a good bet to me. All right. So, uh, before we all look like fools, I didn't get a chance to watch them today because uh, it was a day game and I was at work. But he had a home run today. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, so well, there we, there, we there we go. Here we go. There we go. All right. My guy, Ruben Sierra's clone. Miguel Andujar out hits all AL rookies, including the more heralded Gleyber Torres, on his way to the non Otani AL Rookie of the Year award. Fantasy or reality? Pat, you take this one. I'm going to say fantasy. The AL has a pretty deep rookie class, and I'm not sure that Andujar is going to excel enough, especially on a deep Yankees team, to really stand out. I know he's hitting the tore out of the ball at this point. Um, but I expect him to cool off eventually. Um, and I think a player that's got a more prime position um, in an AL lineup will exceed his production. And, I mean, you're looking at names like Jorge Mateo, um, Willie Calhoun, Michael Kopak, Austin Hayes, Teoscar Hernandez, who's already up. And um, his teammate Torres. I mean, that's a pretty good crop of rookies. Eloy Jimenez is another one um, in Chicago that might get a shot. I just, I think this is just a hot streak. And I do think Andor is going to be a good player. I just don't think he's going to end up being that, um, you know, next guy after Otani. I, I, I think it's going to end up being somebody else. Joe? Uh, man, I, I'm like kind of torn on this. I So I think there might be someone else to win Rookie of the Year. Um, I'm with you on that, Pat. But I do think that Andujar can outproduce Torres. Um, oh, yeah, I'd buy that. So so it's like a little bit of both in this question, right? So like I, I think the hype on Torres is going to be a little bit high. Uh, especially considering that he lost last year, most of last year, um, and he's, you know, he's got to get reacclimated. Even if, even if, you know, he got the call up already. Um, but I'm with you that there's a lot of names out there between Calhoun, Calhoun and Hayes that those two come to mind. Um, so yeah, so I'm taking him over to over on Torres, but under on the rookie of the year. Well, what about your boy Teoscar? Uh. I don't know. I think it's just a hot streak right now. 
All right, so I'm going with reality here. I think this kid looks like the real deal. He looks awesome. Uh, I am the podcast Yankee fan. I've watched a lot of him this year. I watched a lot of him in spring training. I even watched him last year in some Triple E games because I have nothing better to do with my life. Um, but yeah, the kid is awesome. And right now, he's playing so good. He's getting all the clutch hits. When he hits them out, they're absolutely crushed. Um, I don't have his exit below in front of me, but I'm, it's, it's got to be high. He's got incredible bat speed. And right now the OBP is just 313, and he's only walking 3%. Expect those numbers to go way up, especially the OBP. Um, he doesn't walk that much, but I think that when all is said and done and he gets his playing time in, he'll be sitting somewhere around like 7%. Um, and he doesn't strike out ever either, so he makes a ton of contact. Um, I think he's a guy that uh, will sit around at 290-plus mark, which is where you want to be. That's the bread and butter number for me. Um, and the OBP will be somewhere around like 320, 330, maybe even a little bit better. Um, I didn't think he was that good of a power hitter before spring training this year, but since spring training, like it's kind of like what Judge did. Uh, when Judge was coming up, he I don't know if you guys remember this, but Judge was not like – it was still a lot about Torres. Torres was still being talked about, and this is years ago. Yeah, it was. And, it was. And Judge, Judge was talked about people where – he was definitely uh, he was definitely a name, but no one thought he was going to be this good. He had strikeout problems. Um, he was he was hitting a sh ton of infield flies in the minors. Well, Judge, Judge was kind of um, like interesting from the perspective that he was so big. You know, like I, I think yeah, it was almost like, and it was almost like a like almost like a freak show sort of thing. You know, like it was interesting to see how a, how a guy that big um, could acclimate his game or, or would fail in acclimating his game to the major leagues. Um, and yeah. it turned out to be that he was able to do it. But I think that was really the, the thing with Judge was that he was just a towering figure and it was whether or not it would actually work in the major leagues. And you're right, nobody yeah, you're saw right. it working this well. But... but um... My point is that the Yankees have done a just a fantastic job of developing our young players. And you look at what Severino has done, and even some of the veterans that we have on the team, we've just always been good at bringing up minors, getting the most out of them, and having them excel. And this kid right now, since the beginning of spring training, it's not since the beginning of the year, it's been since spring training. He's been crushing, hitting the leather off the ball. I'm a believer. Uh, the only thing you have to worry about is Brandon Drury coming back. Aaron Boone loves the guy. The Yankees organization seems to love the guy, and they're adamant on getting him playing time. Uh, and they interviewed Boone a couple of days ago, and he said when Jury gets back, he's going to have an everyday role. I don't know what that means right now. I don't see how you could possibly sit Andahar at this moment. He's getting all the biggest hits on the team besides Didi. Um, but to me, he looks extremely poised at the plate. I think there's a ton of upside with power, and – I think we're seeing one of those guys that kind of floated under the radar and is going to just run away with this job and be a really, really, really good player for a long time to come. He looks awesome. So uh, just real quick, right, to answer or to fill in some of that information, uh, he's 21st in barrels per plate appearance, um, and he's got a 92.9 average exit velo. Yeah, so that's, that's both good. healthy. Yeah. Um, all right, next up, Pat's boy, Mike Moustakis, plays angry all year, 
Tops 35 bombs with a 380 average and is a key trade deadline acquisition for some contending club. Fantasy reality. I, I will say fantasy for the 380 average, but reality for a 280 average with the 35 plus bombs. Oh, I said 380. Sorry. Yes. That's pretty good. Worst gay. host ever. Shut up. <laughs> looks like a man on a mission right now. He's hitting the ball a ton and has converted some of his grounders into line drives, which is going to help his BABIP, which has notoriously been on the lower side because of the fly ball profile. Um, and if he can keep that average at like a 280-ish level to go with the power that he showed last year, and and I'm and I'm, what I'm really encouraged about is, is that the power last year seemed a little bit fluky. His ex homers were around 27 or 28 compared to the 38 he hit. This year, the batted ball profile adds up with the power he's showing. Crazy, and power. he looks. And if you've watched him, you you can see that he is very clearly committed himself to being. Um, you know, I hate to break out the best shape of his life, but he he looks as good as he's ever looked at the dish. Um, I think that this is a reality. I think if you bought him with that free agency discount, you are going to make a major profit this year. And I think that once he gets onto a team that is an actual contender, uh, he is going to rake. So I really wanted to find something to to ha- to to be able to say fantasy about this because I don't know I just I'm just not really a big moose fan, but I couldn't find anything. I mean the exit velo is ridiculous, the launch angle is ridiculous, the barrels per plate appearance ridiculous. The only thing I'll say is that the 280 average uh, may or may not be. I mean you mentioned that. Um, He's cut down on the fly balls, which helps the bat bit. But still, since he walks so, so very little, that uh, I just think so much of his talent is tied to his bat bit. So it's kind of like a, a coin flip. He could be above, he could be below, but the power is real. But he doesn't strike out. That's true. Like, what's and, that, like 18%? And he's... The- oh, 13%. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's on a tear right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks good, and... He looks good physically. He looks like he like trimmed down a little bit this season and put on some muscle. I don't know if you guys that's what, that's noticed what that. That's what I said. You obviously weren't listening to the worst <laughs> oh host ever. Well, no. I thought you meant like he looked good like the way he was playing, not like physically. That's what he said. Oh, my God, Nick. <laughs> You're right. an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> you know, calling someone an abomination is not nice, Joe. <laughs> No, I love you. You are a podcast abomination. <laughs> right. uh, I'm just going to say you ain't eat my cheese doodles. Because you ain't even worth that. It's a bag of cheese doodles. <laughs> I'm moving on to Javier Baez now. Um, I hope the audience is following me into this. We were made a fool of. We were made fools of. And the Javier Baez breakout is happening. Butthead shitted on him. Baez combines elite power with speed and a 270 plus average for a monster year and a top 50 finish. Fantasy reality, Pat. I'm going to say fantasy, and it shouldn't come as a surprise because I'm not the biggest Baez guy. But 
I, I think he's my favorite sell high candidate. He's off to a scorching hot start. There's no doubt about that. He's got the category juice and he's got eligibility that owners crave. He's on a high exposure team in Chicago. Um, you know, the Cubs are a national favorite. You won't struggle to find a Cubs fan buyer in your league. But I think this is just a hot streak. He's still whiffing at a very high level. He's still swinging a ton outside the zone. The ball is in the air more, which might uptick his power, but that's going to bring the batting average down um, further once the swing and miss catches up with him. So I'm selling, like, potential trade matches. Uh Garrett Cole is one I thought of. These two were going in yeah, roughly the right. same. Okay, well, Baez is a top 10 hitter right Who now. Who is selling Garrett Cole for okay. Javier Baez? Well, they were going at a comparable level pre-draft, right? Not really. Yeah, in terms of ADP, they were. What, Baez was like 110? Yes, and Cole was like 110. No. Yes. Wow, that's sickening. I should have got him. But... So they were going in a in a comparable area, and they're both basically inside the top ten right now. All right, boys, let's play. Jose little... Barrios plus Sweeteners is another one. Maybe like a Cesar Hernandez, or um, I'm sorry, Joe. I just want to get these in two of sure. Tyone, you know, like a pair of either Tyone and well, I don't want to say Tyone anymore because he's been he's gotten off to a rough he's gotten off to a rough couple of starts now. I'm actually concerned about that. Notes are a little out of date. Apologize for that. Blake Snell and then either Kinsler or Simeon are combos I really like. If you can swing that for Baez. All right. Let me give you some recent trades. So Baez and Meta for Machado and Odorizzi. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I do that in a heartbeat. Of course. That's a terrible trade. If you're the, the, whoever with the Machado, if you're listening to this podcast, the guy that had Machado, See, you're an idiot. But this is my point, Nick. When I said Garrett Cole, I'm not crazy. All right, wait, wait. Let me keep going. Let me keep going. Baez for Keuchel and Chris Taylor. Terrible. Yes. Uh, Baez and Salvador Perez for Will Myers. That's where it is okay. (laughs) God, that makes that's like all my least favorite players. No, that's. I'm taking. I'd rather have Baez and Perez. Like, I legitimately do not like any of those guys. All right, what about? Baez for Price and Ahmed Rosario. Yes. Yeah, hell yeah. Why would I even take Rosario, though? I'll just take yeah. Price. Well, you probably yeah. need the shortstop. Yeah, I'll pick up Marcus Simeon, who's available in, like, yeah. 100 billion leagues. All right, so these are the type of trades. Uh, Pat, I pretty much echo what you said, but I just want to say that me and Nick did see some sort of upside. But, man, yo, dude, just stop chasing pitches. For God's sakes, when you hit the ball, you hit it well. Yeah, wait for your pitch, and then you'll crush. But you can't do that. It's not in him. The Cubs, you know what? Chris Bryant was a phenom, but besides him, they have had a really tough time with prospects. Yeah, they they have. uh, I mean, Russell, Russell, Schwarber. I I, I used to think Schwarber was going to be, like, the best player ever when he came up. Yeah, and they traded traded their best asset to the Yankees. Yeah. And now Hap. Hap looks like crap. Crappy Hap. Um, yeah, but I don't know about that anymore. After that rough start, he's like 28% K rate. He's been hitting like 270. He's got like five bombs. Wait, so you're saying that the 28% K rate is a positive thing? Yeah, for him? Yeah, I would take the 28%. That's fine. Yeah, he's up to like 246 now. Batting average was. 
All right, well, let's move on to Josh Reddick. We'll let Joey start this one off because he is the Astro fan. But Josh Reddick hits the most bombs since his 32-home run breakout in Oakland, turning in 25 homers, 10 stolen bases, and a two seventy five average, hitting in one of the best lineups in baseball, fantasy reality. All right, so this is fantasy because the average is probably a bit too high. Um, and 25 home runs is tough because I'm not sure if he's going to get the plate appearances to get to 25 home runs um, as he really has no business starting against lefties, except for, you know, if Finch wants uh, that defense out there. Um, I do think he'll eclipse 20, though, as he's starting to sell out um, some of those line drives for fly balls. So I think he can get past 20. Um, I'm down on the average maybe like 21 or 22 home runs with the plate appearances. So um, a mini breakout of sorts, but not not totally. So this is fantasy. You know, I like the 25-10. Um, and I think the average is actually going to be really close. Uh, this guy is just like awesome to watch. Joe, don't you just love him as an Astros fan? Oh, yeah. He, he always comes up huge. Yeah. He like just brings the intensity. And woo! Yeah. He's the man. Yeah. Uh, He's, he's the man, and I, I think that he's going to turn in a really good season this year. He's batting in a juicy part of the lineup. Actually, it doesn't matter where you're batting in that lineup. It's juicy anywhere. Um, the counting stats are going to be there right now at 15-15 through 82 plate appearances. You pace that out, going to have a really nice season in those two categories. Um, I like him, and I think he goes over in every category, except the average might be slightly less. But the average has been up and down his whole career, so it's really hard to project. I'm going to say fantasy. It's a fun streak, and he's an underrated player, and he's he is one of my favorite players in the league. But this is either going to lead to him going down the batting average spectrum, or he's going to have to adjust back to get the average back up, and then the power pace is going to go down. Mm-hmm. Reddick has been a lot of different players throughout his career. He's sort of like Brandon Belt in that sense, in that he can't put the power and the average together at the same time. And the profile looks like he's selling out for power. He's pulling 63% of the time, submarining his line drive percentage, and and he's got a rising infield fly ball rate. Um, he could go 25-10, but I think if he does that, it's like with like a 250 average with 230 downside. Um, you know, and, and, you know, at 250, 25-10 in the middle of that lineup, he's still, you know, going to easily turn a profit based on where he was drafted or – you know, the fact that he was basically free, but I don't think he's going to put together like a 25-10-275 season. Let's move on to the mystery box. He is mysterious. Once again, Marcel Ozuna continues to disappoint and returns to his pre-2017 form with a 265 average and 25 bombs. Fantasy or reality, Joe? Uh, yeah, so he looks kind of lost at the plate. Almost 30% strikeout rate, barely a 3% walk rate. With that said, when he's making contact, he's hitting the ball hard. Um, the hard contact is excellent, and the exit velo is pretty healthy. He's got a swing plane issue, though, um, with only a 10.3 degree average launch angle. That's just way too low to generate home runs. It's hard to hit doubles in home runs when you're just swatting the ball. Do you have his launch angle from the year before or no? No, I have I have it from now. Okay. Um, I don't have it live from the year before. I'm okay. assuming it's higher though. Okay. Um, so yeah, Ozuna needs Barry Bonds again. Yeah, I, I I'm actually on the other side here. I think it's fantasy. 
but I am concerned. He's swinging and missing a lot more. He's got less patience. The fly balls are beginning to dissolve. Um, but the contact authority is still really good. Um, the type is concerning. I think it's more small sample noise, um, and he gets the fly ball rate back up. But he is a player that walks that line where if the fly ball rate ticks down, he's just not going to hit the ball in the air enough to get to the sort of power that he should have. Um, the reason why I'm leaning fantasy is, is that his profile isn't so out of whack with last year that it's glaringly obvious that he's in trouble. Um, I still think that he's going to find it um, before the end of the year. And I kind of, I like him as a buy low. Yeah, <clears throat> I think he is a good buy low. Um, the Cardinals, I think, have kind of an underrated lineup, especially with Jose Martinez there with the everyday role now who looks awesome. Um, it's pretty decent, one through four. Uh, so if he does snap out of it, the RBI totals could could be really, really nice. But uh, I am a little worried. Um, you know, like he's swinging and missing more. The launch angle is down. Usually when the launch angle goes down, as we've talked about this before, it's because a batter sometimes is playing through injury and shortens his swing swing of it. Uh, we saw it, obviously, with Miggy last year. We saw it with Cano last year. That's a bit worrisome. And if you're the Marcel Una, Ozuna owner right now, the problem is he was one of those guys that's coming off a really big breakout but then was kind of mediocre in years past. So there's the worry from other owners that, he is what he is, and last year was somewhat lucky. So the question is, what kind of value, as a buy low, what are you offering for Ozuna right now? Like, <clears throat> would you offer like a one hundred ish type guy, like in that one hundred player mark? Like, would you do? Would you do bias for him right now? Yes, of course. Yeah, oh. I would. Wait, trade my bias for his Ozuna? Yeah. Yeah, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. All right, so then move up a little higher. Would you trade uh, – let's see, who's in the ni- who's the 90-ish area outfielder? Ooh, some of these trades. All right, Ozuna for Correa. Oh, my – what? Oz- oh, Ozuna, f- Ozuna for Lindor. All right, how about uh, Ozuna and Cody Allen for Andrew Miller and Tommy Pham? Oh, that's – what is it? Ozuna and Cody Allen? For Andrew Miller and Tommy Pham. That's a weird I thing. want the Tommy Pham side. Yeah, so do I. How about Ozuna and Paxton for Hoskins? Oh, no. No. It's terrible. It's not terrible. It is no. terrible. It's not. Ozuna and Paxton? Hoskins is... Like, I know. He's legit. I know he's legit, but you're trading a possible top five pitcher... And Ozuna, it's the first. It's still the first month of baseball. Yeah. So, would you trade Hoskins for Ozuna and Paxton? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because because we're, we're looking for Ozuna. Right. All what right. about would you trade Porcello and, and Mikolas for Ozuna? Of course. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Not All right. Good. So so like top one hundred ish outfielders. In addition to what Joe said, like I think Ryan Braun is like the perfect guy. If you're the Ryan Braun owner. To oh, offload, that would be amazing. Yeah, I'd definitely rather have Ozuna. Definitely, that's not, I don't think that's really close either, honestly. 
looking for another name here. Yeah, All I'm right, actually not. I'm actually not that low on Ozuna. I think I agree with you, Pat. I think he'll turn it around. Yeah, he's. I, I think he's going to turn it around, and I think that this is like a good opportunity because of what Nick said. Because he doesn't have that track record. Yeah, yeah. People are like, afraid to to capitalize and to get him at a discount. All right, next up. Oh, God, this guy. I hate him so much. The new team curse. And injury panics Giancarlo Stanton owners. But he will rebound strong next month and return value for those buying <laughs> opportunistically. What? Reading Rainbow. Oh, my God. I can fly anywhere. <laughs> um... I'm gonna read that again. Please do. <laughs> please, please don't. <laughs> all right. So wait, you all got it. I don't need to reread re- 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 it. We're talking about Giancarlo Stan. Nick, you tell us what you think. All right. You're the all right. Fan. I'm gonna keep it strictly fantasy and put my personal hatred for the guy aside. Um, he is terrible, and we need to put him at like five or six in this lineup. I said it the other day. I would like this lineup to be. In a perfect world, would be Gardner, Hicks, Judge, Didi, and then Sanchez in this friggin' bum. He's swinging at everything. He there's a, there's a lot, lot, lot of pressure in New York, and the fans are giving it to him right now. We saw it with A Rod when he first came in, but A Rod is obviously a much different talent, um, and he was able to get through it in the second half. When he first came, he was pretty bad in that first first year, first half that he came to the team, he was getting booed hard. Uh, I think, uh, listen, Stanton's power is just too, too, too much to not be able to turn some home run to Yankee Stadium. They're going to come. He's been a little bit better as of much recently. Um, He's not getting the big hits. He's terrible with men on base right now. But overall, fantasy-wise, he'll be all right. But the people who spent up for him him, hoping for the 60-home run season, I really don't think he's going to come close to it. Judge is a much better player right now. Judge is going to outperform him in power every single year that they're on the same team together. Judge is all together the much, much, much better player. And I don't know if that's going to mess with John uh, Carlos Stanton's psyche, but as of right now, he looks lost. And the Yankee fans have him baffled the plate because they are booing the crap out of him. Yeah, he's... I'm I'm reality on this. I, I think that he's a excellent buy opportunity. Um, he's definitely dealing with some nerves right now. Stanton's rolling the ball over too much. He has too many ground balls, and Stanton's also struggling with his contact, um, which might also have something to do with the fact that he's facing um, pitchers that he hasn't seen. Um, so he may be less familiar and therefore vulnerable. I was not crazy about him as a first-rounder pre-draft, but I love him as a buy-low opportunity from a desperate owner. And as an example, I like the idea of putting Chris Davis together with another piece to get Stanton, um, give away the floor really? that Chris Davis provides, and get the upside. Yes, and I think Stanton, I think Davis and like a middle closer or a fast start starting pitcher would be perfect to be able to get Stanton. Well, 
I'm going to interrupt for a second. All right, so Pat. I know I'm you, talking about your player in a bad way. So no, I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to go go on to Chris Davis. I'm going to ask you what what do you project for Stanton? Final end of the season stats. Give me a home run projected and an average projection. I believe before the season I had him at 51 homers and a 265 average. And okay. I don't – nothing that I've seen so far makes me move either of those two. The K rate at 34%. You're not worried about that. He's a guy – these types of man. players – Yeah. These types of players strike out at that rate. There okay. are stretches where Judge strikes out 35% of the time in the same amount of bats that Stanton has. So, all right. The projection you just gave me was 51 and the batting average was what? 265. 265. Okay. So Chris Davis with a K at the end of this season, I think we could all agree he'll be at 40-plus home runs. 42, with, probably right on the nose. Yeah. And, and, two, he'll be and a 247 247 average. average. Yeah. <laughs> and if if you're going to measure those two guys, you have to take into consideration Stanton's injury history as well. So I don't know if I'm crazy about the Chris Davis to throw in because he's so safe and he's been healthy. And he's gonna get you the pop, and you know the average is gonna get you. Um, I think you kind of go a different route and find someone else. I th- I just don't really like moving the safety in Davis for the question mark of Stanton. Well, that's what I said though. Is is that you're you're giving up the safety to get the upside? How much more is the upside? You're only giving me ten home runs, ten points in average. Well, the counting stats are going to be a lot different. That's true. Yeah, so so like this is this is Pat. I I agree with you, right? Because this is all about he was not he. I didn't think he was a first round value, but now that his value is much lower, I'm so interested. Um, and I want to roll through a couple of popular trades. I think some of them are better than others, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think. So the first trade I have is um, you're giving away Moose and Hoskins for Stanton and Robbie Ray. Ooh, Ooh um, I think I want the Stanton and Robbie Ray side because I like to live dangerously. Wait, wait, wait. Stanton and Robbie Ray for Hoskins Moose and, and Moose. Oh, man, that's really – that's a good trade. That is a good trade, right? That's definitely a good trade. I, I can't see anyone rejecting that. I'm I'm taking the, the, the same side as Pat. I'm taking Stanton and Ray. That's the roulette player in me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love Ray, though. It's All right, I, here's another one. Stanton and Harper, right? So uh, probably the best player oh, and someone struggling for Trout and Bregman. What league is this? I yeah. know, man. I <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So this is Stanton and Harper for Trout and Bregman? Yep. I want the Trout I'm, side I want because the Trout, trout is the best. Yeah, I'm taking the Trout side. I think it's pretty close, though. It's close, but I still want Trout. I don't. You know what? Those standing up in the outfield is 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 disgusting. Yeah, but that's a lot of risk too. It's a lot of risk. You want to talk about? You want to talk about risk? It's a lot of risk, and Trout looks like Mickey Mantle right now. So. And like they're like maybe like ten steals combined, most likely. Yeah, true. true. <sighs> yeah, I think I gotta go with Trout and Bregman. It's interesting. All right. A, yeah, it is interesting, even though it's like a three-person league. Yeah, and it's a stupid trade. Go All ahead. right, let's go, Nick. Wait, I want to hear another one. You, uh, the, uh, the other ones aren't as good. So you're cruising DeGrom for Stanton. That's a no. I think that's a no for me, yeah. Mm, I, I kind of like that. And Correa for Stanton and Jake Lamb. 
That's also a no for me. Well, I, I'd rather have the Degrom side. What was the next one? I'd rather have the Degrom side. Yeah, yeah I'd rather have the Degrom side. Oh, we all chose Degrom over it, Stan. Yeah. Yeah, Degrom and Cruz. Yeah. Oh, Degrom and Cruz. Yeah. yeah. I, I was on just Degrom. I wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's actually a pretty fair trade though. Yeah. What was the next Which? one? Which? Degrom straight up for Stan. Mm, no. Give me Degrom. I, I take Stanton there. The ground is strong. What's, what was the next one, Joe? It's Correa for Stanton and Jake Lamb. Definitely taking Correa. Correa for Stanton and Lamb. I want the Correa side. Yo, Correa. Yeah, I want Correa. Correa is, if Trout wasn't in the league, he could potentially win MVP this year. Yeah, and Jake he Lamb. Looks accurate. Just, they just threw him in like, here's Jake Lamb. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. I, I love these trade things, Joe. We have to do this every every. I know. Conference. I will. Don't worry. I got you. Great. All right. Oh, man. Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin. God, I'm so jealous of Pat right now. He's in the Matrix right now. Beep, it's boop, all, beep, boop. Yeah, he's just unconscious. It's all ones and zeros, but savvy owners will bail now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is reality. As much as I it is. think that Corbin has taken a step forward. <clears throat> and I don't think that there's like some collapse coming. No, there isn't. But his value is never going to be higher than this. Yes. Plus, fact. there's injury risk that comes with throwing the slider as much as he is. Even if it's two pitches, which it is. I, I do not mean that I'm giving Corbin away. And as you can tell from the guys, I am a Corbin owner. I own him in multiple leagues. But if someone comes knocking with James Paxton, who's off to a slow start, Quintana. plus a sweetener, I'm in on that. Aaron Nola. I know you guys don't like Carlos Martinez, but I would take him as well. Um, I doubt that you can like get Carlos that, Martinez. but I'm – what I'm really saying is I think you have to put him out there. See if someone is willing to bet the house on Corbin. Um, you know, people chase ace pitching a lot more in season than they do at the draft table. And it's worthwhile to put him out there to see if what if what if anyone will offer you. Well, don't worry, I got more trades. Before you go, Joe, uh yeah, I listen, Pat. I I completely agree. I as much as I love Corbin, this is definitely a really nice sell high opportunity. The question is, what do you sell him for? And before we get to go into Joe's uh, trades, would you sell him right now for Jose Quintana straight up? No, because I, I have some concerns about Quintana. I wouldn't either. I think that's really important too, right? That that this advice is sell high, but don't. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. Well, let me say this. I, I would sell him I would sell him for Quintana plus another piece. I would definitely 100% sell him for just Quintana right now. It's not even a doubt The thing mind. is, though, is right. I'm with Pat that it's not going to come crashing down. Like, sure, he's going to regress. No pitcher can pitch this well for the whole season. But it's not – like, he's made changes, right? That, yeah. That the fighter – with the off-speed slider mix, it's like a real thing. Yeah, and he's pitched humidor. And humidor. All right, so let's get to the trades. So um, this one's going to be, let's pretend that Thames didn't get hurt. 
So Cor- Corbin and Thames for Villanueva and Jose Martinez. No. That's, no. That's Why would you ever do that? That's terrible. As the Corbin owner. Nick, I feel like you that's, say. that's terrible. Yeah. Oh, no, that's bad. I, I thought you were going to say it. Okay. All right. So how about Corbin for you, Darvish? Struggling you, Darvish. I like it. See, I like that. I yeah, want the Darvish side. I like that too. I would really like it if you can get a sweetener. Corbin for Strasburg, no brainer. Obviously. Yeah, no brainer. Corbin for Jansen. For who? Kenley? Kenley. Yeah. No, no way. Um No. Don't be a liar, Nick. It's a no. It's interesting. Um probably probably no. Probably no. Okay, how about Corbin, Pollock, and the hottest man on earth, Gregorius? Mm. Right, so Corbin, Pollock, Gregorius for yeah. DeGrom, Machado, and Adam Jones. Yeah, I'm taking that. Which side? The Machado, the Machado, Machado side. DeGrom, Jones? Yeah. That's, um, that's really, really, really interesting because I, I, I don't like Pollock. He's off but, to a great start, too. I'm telling you right now, guys, Didi Gregorius is for real. And he is going to I, turn I in. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about is, that either. He is going to turn in a monster season. Dude, um, the second he's at a Yankee Stadium. No, I don't. The Yankees have played most of their games at home. I'm sick of hearing people I say, know, oh, that's why. Home. No, it's not why he's hitting bombs, Joe. Look at the average home run. No, distance. he's not. The average home run distance is like three seventy five. I don't believe that. I've watched. I've watched him <laughs> almost all of his home runs. Look at look at the average home run distance. Wow, I man. have three seventy five. I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe it. Um, that's interesting, but yeah, I'm 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 sticking with the uh, Pollock Corbin. No, nah, uh, yeah, I think I'm taking Degrom Machado. That's like a that, this is that's like a perfect it's, sell high. It is, deal. it is. I don't, you know what? And I do like both of those guys. I don't know. I love DD. I just love DD so much. That's all right, tough. that's all I got. All right. Um. Next up, patience pays off as Eduardo Rodriguez takes a leap forward and becomes a top forty starting. Pitcher, fantasy reality. Bad. Start this one off. I've got this one as reality. Yeah, um, this me is going to come down. This is going to come down to health. And me too. For me, <laughs> you're you're healthy until you're not. I have been extremely impressed with Erod since he came back. Lots of swinging strikes. He's a little wild, but mostly dominant. Um, he's a fly ball pitcher with a good fly ball defense behind him. I think he could be an SP3, SP4, especially on a good team like Boston, where you, in most leagues where wins is a category, even though it shouldn't be, um, you're, they're, they're going to be there. Another encouraging sign, his fastball usage is down. He seems to have found a third pitch he likes, and uh, his cutter slider uh, depends on the pitch classification, but it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice addition to the arsenal where the changeup has been his primary secondary pitch. To add the third pitch, it'll make everything else play up. Um, yeah, I'm on board. This all comes down to health for me. I think that he's going to be. Um, I, I think I think he's going to be very good when he's healthy. 
I echo your sentiments. And we talked about him on our starting pitching podcast. We all really kind of liked him. Nick, I think you were kind of so-so, but pretty much on board too. Um, I was yeah. the original Erod guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were, we're all fans. This is reality. Yeah, we're, we're all fans. He's so right now this year he's got like a kind of like a Robbie Ray S thing going on as far as everything goes ERA K per nine walks per nine all that good stuff, um, and he's taken strides. Boston's been really good with their pitching. They've gotten a lot out of guys that we didn't think they would get a lot out of out of like Rick Porcello. Um, I think Chris Sale has honestly excelled since he's been on the team. He looks just unbelievable. Um, and Price who's, who's has been a knuckleballer. I can't even remember his name right now. Not um, Wakefield, the other one. I was going to say Tim Wakefield. No. Oh, Stephen Wright? Yeah, Stephen Wright. What about him? No, he he's another one that like they they turned into uh to good good things. Oh yeah. Yeah, they've they've got they've gotten all that out of these guys. Um and Erod's definitely progressing. So I, I don't know if this year he turns in um a top forty season. I kinda don't think he's there yet. But uh, I think he's definitely got to watch uh, to, uh, as the year rolls along to see how he progresses. And next year, he could be a pretty high uh, ADP. I like him. Um, all right. Next up, we and the world were wrong. John Lester has something left in the tank and pitches his way to a top 35 starting pitcher finish. If you disagree, who are you trying to sell him for? Oh, well, I definitely disagree. Walks are up. <laughs> K's are down. He still doesn't have his personal catcher. It's been cold in Chicago. He started He started two times there. He's suppressed home runs at a ridiculous rate. No way. Yeah, uh, Joe, I'm completely on board. I'd say it's fantasy. Um, if I'm the owner, I'm trying to move him now. The velocity is fat, flat. The K's are down. Walks are up. If I can leverage a good start from Lester who I did not want to own in the first place into an asset I like, I'm all in. Um, I personally love the idea of making a play for uh, a for a player like Luis Castillo, whose owner might be disenfranchised yeah, at this yeah, point. Definitely. Darvish comes to mind. Tanaka, even yeah. though I hate him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I might even see, like, if a sell-high owner um, – is looking to upgrade, you know, a, a pitcher like Chris Stratton is one that jumps into my mind. Um, I, I think I would even deal Lester for Stratton at this point. Wow. Stratton really? looks great. Yeah. I think that you guys are shitting on Lester a little too much, honestly. Um, I would not trade him for Stratton. No, there's no way in hell. Um, listen, last year without Ross, um, he was still decent. He had right around a nine K per nine. He was he walked he walked three per nine, and yeah, the ERA was four point three three. But um, he plays in a really good park. He's got a good defense. I wouldn't be surprised if that four three three this year got turned into something like a three point seven five. And I, I, listen, and like you said, the weather's been really cold. It's still the beginning of the season. I think at some point these these walk and K totals kind of get a little closer to where they've been. He's been pretty consistent in those two ca- categories over the last five years, so I think they kind of come closer to those totals. Uh, I'm not buying him. I don't think that he's going to – He's we're, none of us are Lester guys, but I don't think he's going to be that bad. And, 
yeah, I I, I I don't mind Lester so much as much as you guys. Okay, I found it. Um, Didi Gregorius is 200th in average home run distance with an average homer of 380. Well, 380's not that bad. Anyway. Well, I um, said 375 before and you freaked out. Yeah, because 380's not bad. That extra five feet made that <laughs> much of a difference to you? It's a big difference. Um, yeah, well, in Yankee Stadium, it is. Buy or sell – our next segment, buy or sell slow starters. If you're buying, give me some trades. Joey Votto, buying? Oh, my uh, God. Are you kidding me? Easy. Of course. Yeah, I mean, you're buying, definitely. I'm not worried about Joey Votto. You do not worry about Joey Votto. I, I would say that if I was the Bellinger owner and I could put him with a good but not great arm um, – a Tanaka, Mike Clevenger, I think that could get it done from a panicked owner. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm absolutely buying Joey Fado. There's nothing to worry about here. We have seen him struggle before in April and then tear up the league for the next five months. And there's nothing alarming in his profile that indicates that this year would be anything different. Yeah, yeah. he had uh, homers in back-to-back games too. Um, so I got Darvish for Votto. You doing that? Oh, hell yeah. Of course you're selling Darvish for Votto, but the Votto one is not taking that. Abreu and Story for Votto and Bregman. Yes. Yes. No, just – just, just Abreu Votto. and Story. Yeah, for Votto. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I would I'm do Abreu and Story for Votto alone. Yeah, you throw yeah. Bregman in there, I'm dancing. Yep. Yeah. Um, I have down Encarnacion and Jose Martinez. Encarnacion and Jose Martinez. Yeah, I'm still doing that. Yeah, I'd do that too. Yeah, I'm doing that as well. So yeah, we're all on board. We're we're, we're definitely on board with buying Vada right now in a big way. Um, Chris Taylor. Uh, yeah. So um, I'd still buy him. Um, depends on the price though. Uh, can anyone got some names for me? Well, Pat's the owner. So I'll, I'll, I'll let me let me look up some trades. Pat owns them in our home league. What do you? All right. So let me just let me just add that this was added today at the request of Twitter user Mike E at Big Bear Twenty Two on Twitter. Uh, as Nick mentioned, I own shares of Taylor, and I'm not terribly concerned. Uh, the walk rate is down, but he's chasing even less, so the plate discipline is still there. The K rate is flat. The swing, the swing and strike rate is flat. The selectiveness is huge for Taylor because waiting for his pitch is what really allowed him to tap into his power. The BABIP is down. The batted ball profile is nearly identical with a little variance in the contact quality. But I think that's small sample size. Um, the one There are two areas where I think you need to watch. Um, he, he might need to get a little more aggressive. Pitchers are throwing first pitch strikes to him 70% of the time. But other than that, you have three bombs, which is a 22 homer pace at this point. And I expect the balls to start to fall his way in terms of in play. And then he's fine. He's hitting at the top of a lineup that's going to get going before long. He'll hit for average, and he'll have 20-ish homer power. The other thing that is a little bit of a red flag is that he's been caught stealing three times. But the sprint score speed is still high. Um, I, I don't think that they're going to red light him. Um, it's an offense built not built on lights out power, and it's a manager who was a pinch running specialist as a player. So I don't think they're going to take the. I don't think they're going to handcuff him to first base just yet. Um, 
so I mean, you know, I think you're looking at probably the same player you were looking at before the draft. It's just, you know, sometimes the ball doesn't fall in play for guys to start the season. Yeah, and that's happening to the whole Dodgers offense. Like they are ice cold. Except they for Matt Kemp, who's amazing. They, except for they, Kemp and Bellinger. They do this every year. But man, they are they are like frozen solid. So like yeah, I agree with you. I, I think he'll get it going and he can return some serious value. Yeah, I'm I'm buying as well, and especially because I think the value is pretty damn low right now. He's coming off of a breakout where he completely came out of nowhere. So the owner of Taylor is completely panicked, or most owners of Taylor, not named Pat, are completely panicked and are definitely fielding offers. So, Pat, if you're the Taylor owner, what would you call equal value right now? For for Taylor? Mm-hmm. I would want, like, a top 125 asset. Um, to even consider it. And it depends on the format, too. I mean, if he's got that shortstop eligibility, probably like a top 110 asset. And I don't think anybody's going to do that for yeah, what he's no. done so, so far. So you're not panicked at all? No, no, I'm not worried at all. Okay. No, and so here's a trade that I would do in a heartbeat if I was trying to trade for Taylor. Um, so this is Ken Giles and Paul DeJong for Chris Taylor and who we just mentioned, John Lester. I would definitely rather have Taylor and Lester than DeJong and Giles. Yeah, yes. I agree. Definitely. What about... Uh, and I've kind of come around a little bit on DeJong, and I'd still rather have that combo. DeJong looks great. Go ahead. He does look good. Um, would you, So this is this trade occurred twice. Andahar for Taylor straight up. I'd rather yeah, have... I think that's a good sell high on Andahar. Yeah, I, I agree. But so who would you rather have? I'd rather Taylor. have Taylor. Um, Even in like the best case scenario, Nick Andahar is going to hit like seventh in that lineup. Yeah, and it'll get to so like, like based on volume rounds. alone, like Taylor is going to see like a hundred more plate appearances at least. At it's the, going like, the to be, minimum. It's going to be extremely difficult for Andahar to make up that volume. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Okay. Show you another trade. No, but uh, uh, Mikey also mentioned some guys to drop. And I want to go through them. So, would you drop Chris Taylor for Teoscar Hernandez? No. No. Yeah, me neither. Would you drop Chris Taylor for uh, Nick Pavetta? Oh, that's close. I would if I need the pitching. I would if I need the pitching, but I've got to imagine there's another player that I have that I could drop other than. I'm, I'm, if I had a pick, I'm probably taking Pavetta over him. Okay. Chris Taylor or Cesar Hernandez? Taylor, but it's closer than a lot of people would think. But that has more to do with Hernandez than it does to do with Taylor. Taylor. Uh, it's it's Taylor. It's Taylor in a standard in an OBP league. I think you can make the argument that I, I'd rather have Hernandez. Yeah, but even if Hernandez – see, if Hernandez goes off for the next month – He's still a guy that won't have that much value, trade value. Whereas Taylor, that's if, true. If he starts popping off, then oh, 
he is yeah, but I mean, do, you're not you're not keeping guys based on trade value. You're keeping guys based True. on what they're going to do and what they're going yeah, to do. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But, I don't have Taylor anyway. But uh, like I said, I think Hernandez is a, is an asset that is just continually undervalued for whatever yeah. reason. It, it is ridiculous how undervalued he is in terms of the way people perceive him. Yeah, he's almost like the J.A. Happ of hitters, but not quite. Um, <laughs> God, J.A. Happ is so good. We had to get him into the spot. Had to get him. God, he's so good. Um, next up, Corey Seager. I'm on the line, and I and I lean a little more towards sell. Me too. Um, and, you know, I mean, this goes with any player. I, I'm interested if the price gets to a certain level, but I'm assuming it won't get to the level where I would be interested. Um, Seager for the draft was a high floor type pick and I pushed him down my board in the final week because I didn't trust the elbow issue. Um, and it's sort of added depth to the bottom of his floor. It's made it lower. Um, the profile looks pretty good. As we've mentioned with Taylor, the Dodgers have struggled pretty much throughout except for a, a handful of players. And there's a lot of talent on that team. So there's, a good possibility that the lineup around him bounces back and, you know, that's going to help his counting stats. Um, Seager's not showing signs of contact issues, but I'm very nervous about the elbow issue and the effect it's going to have on what his production is because he's one of these players that sort of walks a fine line because he doesn't run at all. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, if, and because I'm walking the line, I would buy if I can get him for Trevor Story and a sweetener. Um, and I would sell if the owner wanted Gene Segura or higher. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. We all showed a lot of concern about Seager and that elbow issue. Um, because if, if he's not stealing bases, which he's not, and he doesn't get to that, like, 22 plus home run power, then you're you're looking at a guy who's going to have some really really weak numbers this year. I think eventually the the batting average will come up. Uh, he's just a really good hitter who could spray the ball all over the field. Um, but I think we're going to see a real real uh, sap in his power numbers. And the good thing is, if you're the Corey Seager owner, is he still has so much name power. And he's on a great team that I think you could get a pretty damn good deal on him. Like something even better. Although I do like the story and a sweetener idea um, because story's been crushing the ball. Uh, I still think you could get more on, um, on, on Seager. So uh, I'm yeah, selling. I'm definitely selling too, actually. The more I think about it, the more I'm definitely selling. And uh, so here's a couple of trades. So I think this one's a no-brainer. Seager and Albies for Trout. No-brainer. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Anybody uh, that sells Trout. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about Seager for Severino? Straight. I'd rather have Severino. Oh, yeah. Severino, right? Seager for Springer, straight. Springer. Springer. Um, let's go Seager and Merrifield for Edwin and Will Myers. That's interesting. Um, I uh, Encarnacion, right? Yep. I'm taking Encarnacion. Yeah, in a in a vacuum, I'd probably rather have Encarnacion and Myers. 
Yeah, me too. But it could be that could be like a team construction thing. I have one. Yeah. Albies for Seager. I would much rather have Albies personally, but uh. I don't know if I'd much rather have Albies, but yeah, I think I'd take Albies. I think I'd take Albies too. I mean, yo, this the man, the, the shoulder is so concerning. And he doesn't do anything else. Yeah. yeah, that's really the problem. And Albies is the greatest player of all time. Yeah. Um, Yaziel Puig, we buying? Yes. I'm buying yeah, Yaziel. I'm buying. You know, Puig is uh, the perfect storm of poor luck, oh, bad poor image. Luck. It's crazy. Struggling surroundings. Uh, you know, I hate to say it. I mean, we've gone three Dodgers in a row. But, again, they've had a rough go of it. it and it's not solely his surroundings. Puig has gone more up the middle than to his pull side like last year, and the fly balls are down. Um, to me, the profile looks more like a slump than it is an actual problem. The K to walk numbers are roughly the same. He's also stolen three bags, which is promising. Um, plus, he's an outfielder. There are roughly 80 of them worth owning. There's probably four or five or six on your waiver wire in your standard mix league that you're staring at and being like, why are these players unowned? Thus, it is the easiest position to acquire a player from. Um, if I'm buying, maybe I would do a middle infielder like Moncada um, or two players that we like, Ian Kinsler or Marcus Simeon, um, maybe Jake Junis or Nick Pavetta, um, you know, hot starting starting pitchers or, you know, an outfielder that's starting hot like Teoscar Hernandez or, Corey Dickerson. Yeah, so I'm a Puig owner right in our home league. Um, and so I've watched, I've gotten a chance to watch a lot of him. And uh, he's he's hit the ball well, man. He just has not found, he hasn't missed gloves, right? He hasn't yeah. found uh, open field. That happens. Yeah, it happens from time to time. Now, uh, with that said, right, there's one concern I have, and that's if he does continue to slump, if he starts to lose playing time. And I think that's a real possibility. Um, but with that said, I still think he, he represents a good buy low opportunity because of just how well he passes the eye test and how well he's hitting the ball when he makes contact. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I'm with you. Definitely a good buy low. Um, the ADP was pretty sweet this year at one, I think it was like 114, 115 area. So the owner who took him in the ninth or 10th round is probably getting a little worried. It's already, already 90 at bats and he only has six RBIs right now. That's pretty bad. Um, so Joe, what are some trades? All right. So, uh, we got selling high on Jed Lowry for Puig and Kinsler. What, you know what? Forget about Kinsler. Just Lowry for Puig. I want Puig. Yeah, I want Puig. All right. Gardner and Chapman for Puig and Sonny Gray. I want Gardner and Chapman. Yeah, I want Gardner and Chapman. Would uh, that's what about, you know what? what about Puig and like John Gray? Does that change it? Yes, I want Puig and John Gray. Puig and John Gray or Gardner and Chapman. Yeah, I think I want Puig and John Gray, but it's close. Yeah, it's a good it's a good deal. Okay, that's all I got. Okay, <laughs> those are the only good ones. Okay. Um. All right. Next up, Chris Archer, the most frustrating man to own. Oh man, yeah, he is. 
We buying? I'm selling. Ooh. Oh, wow. really? um, Archer always has these runs where he's bad for extended stretches. And in that way, he's sort of like Edwin Encarnacion. He's nearly impossible to buy low on because you draft him knowing you've got roughly two months of pain coming your way. Um, you don't know when it's going to be. I mean, we all know that Encarnacion is going to start slow and then you know, hopefully find it in June and then rake throughout the summer. With Archer, you don't know when his two months of bad are going to be, but we're right in the middle of one. Um, and, and when you're when you're buying Archer, you're buying the volume as much as you are the upside. Um, I think this problem is mechanical and it could be as simple as moving on the rubber. And I think he'll figure it out. But my point is less about the player and what I think he's going to do and more about the market. Um, you know, if I was going to buy, I think Alex Wood comes to mind as a pitcher. I might uh, offer up for Archer, Johnny Cueto, Jake Arrieta, or two others. Um, but again, I, I just I, I think that Archer is a very tough pitcher to buy low on because I think savvy owners understand that this is just par for the course. Uh it's a, see, I'm buying him, um, although the velo is down on the fastball. Um, he's made a change to his pitch mix. He's throwing the slider more than ever, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, it just hasn't worked for him. Um, Archer's just one of these guys. He's going to go through prolonged slumps. He's always done it. He's going to continue to do it. He's a guy that gets completely rattled on the mound. At times, he looks like Batances. Yes. He just doesn't know where he is. He can't hit the plate. He'll throw four straight balls to the nine batter. That's this pitcher in a nutshell. And then I'll come out the next inner and strike out the one, two, three in a row. Strike out the side. Um, he's got the stuff. There's no denying it. Um, but he's just been shaky. And honestly, I used to look at the, the Rays like this team that used to be really, really good with pitching. But lately, I don't know what's happened. Um, I know we're all you guys are crazy about Snell. And yeah, he kind of looks good. He's another guy with really poor control. And now Archer is another guy with really poor – is so far looking like he's got poor control. And Colome has lost control. And all these guys are kind of like underperforming where I thought they would be. Um, that's not here nor there. Sticking with Chris Archer, uh, I still think he is a buy low. Uh, I think this is one of those prolonged slumps. It's the beginning of the season. The weather is still cold. We keep repeating ourselves with that. Um, I think at some point he returns back to form and will be you know, valuable. Um, and as far as, uh, what, Pat, what was the, what was the offers you said before for Archer? There was one in particular that like, Alex Wood. the Alex Wood one. All right. So I, I'm an Alex Wood owner and I've watched him a lot this year. You were the Alex Wood owner last year. I know you were worried about the velo. Um, but I definitely would not trade Wood for Archer. Like, I just think Wood is becoming this like, kind of like new pitcher who just control, commands the zone so well that does, he doesn't need to rely on Velo, and I think he's for real going forward. So just to go off track for one second, Alex Wood, oh, oh, for real or not for real? I think not for real. I have my reservations too, yeah. Is it just um, purely based on Velo? And, and full disclosure, me and Joe also own Alex Wood assets. Is it just Velo? That- yeah, it's Velo and health. 
Yeah, it's the combination. I know, but health, I mean, that's like 90% of the pitches in the league. You have yeah, to but he's that. like almost a guarantee not to not to get to like 150. He's eight. got the track record that says he's probably not going to stay healthy. Okay. Um, you know, I and I agree with you on that point because that's that's a point I make a lot when it comes to pitchers. You're you're healthy until you're not. Um, so I, I tend to not discount guys based on injury as much. But he last year he was great, and then the velocity started to tail off, and he was okay. He was kind of like what he is right now, and he's a little better right now than he was at the end of last year, but he's not to the level he was during his great stretch last year. And and I just think he's going to get caught up with before long. Um, it's really hard as a left-handed pitcher or any pitcher to live at like 89. So you're selling, or so, so you guys are selling on wood and buying Archer, both of you. Yeah. That would be a trade that I would make if I was the Alex wood owner. Okay. And the other two names that I had brought up were Arietta and Cueto. Yeah, those I would. Those I would definitely trade for him. But would I, I don't think I would do it. He still finished last year through the decline as what a top thirty. I mean, a top fifteen pitcher. I don't remember where he finished overall, but he's definitely. I can around. tell you that for a vast majority of the last two months, his K per nine was under seven. I think. Okay. So I, I just want to jump back to Chris Archer real quick. Um, and I think you guys both made pretty important points. Um, and I think an important point to, to add on to what you guys talked about is that um, you got to know your league, right? So Pat, you mentioned about um, Archer being an expensive pick, but then Nick, you mentioned about how frustrating he is to own. And I think those two kind of go hand in hand, right? That we have all, individually owned Archer at one point. So we know the pain and suffering that it is to own Archer. But if you're a new owner, you might not like a new owner might not realize what it's like to own Archer and they might be really fed up and you might be able to swoop in and get a good deal on him. What are some deals you got? Um, None of them are actually that good. So um, the first is Chris Archer for DJ LeMayhew. That's interesting. I mean, I would definitely rather have Archer, but you think so? Yeah, it's in. Yeah, why? Wow. You think it was no good in DJ's favor? Yeah, because he's gonna hit twenty bombs. Huh? Who would have thought he it? Might. Wait, Chris Archer for DJ LeMayu. Oh, I would do that in a heartbeat. I think it's pretty close. Meaning so you would take, you would trade Archer for LeMayu? No, no, no. I mean, like if I was the DJ owner. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So Joe, you're really high on LeMayu then. Yeah, I think it's kind of real. It is real. I mean, I, I it is real. Um. But, okay. Wait. Uh, all right. Yeah. So that one was surprising. So what about Chris Davis with a K for Chris Archer? Absolutely not. Um, ah, no, I'm not doing it. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not doing it either. See, what, if, what about uh, Lorenzo Cain for Chris Archer? No way. Um. No. That's close. Yeah, I had to think be, about it. For it'd be a second. it'd be like a team need, I think. Yeah, if you I really if you, needed the pitcher. If you yeah, and if I've got the speed elsewhere and the runs. Yeah, but then you can't say Kane. Yeah, yeah. And you get the wrestling quotient. <laughs> Kane's a hard guy to trade. Yeah. 
All right, that's all I got, Nick. All right. James Paxton. We all got to be buying him, right? Yeah. I'm buying him. I'm um, buying too. I've watched pretty closely. Um, there are two issues, and they're sort of interrelated. Uh, his control and command have not been great, but he's also had really poor framing behind the dish, at least to my eyes. Zanino is back now, and he's actually a pretty good framer. Um, so I think the pitch framing should improve. And I think the control and command issues are coming from feel for his curveball. I just don't think he's had it to start the year. The curve is down 7%. The cutter is up 11%. Um, the Ks have been there. Uh, so I think he's going to find the curve before long. Uh, that plus the fact that he's had the skills without use of his best pitch to this point has me as a buyer because once he finds the curve, he's absolutely going to go off. Um, and in my mind, he hasn't moved, um, you know, in terms of where I rank him in terms of starting pitchers. I was very high to start the year. I remain very, very high. He's above Archer for me and the candidates that I would sell Archer for. Well, he's definitely moved a little bit. He's got a 5 six, one ERA right now. Well, he might have moved for you. He hasn't moved for me. All right, yeah, it, yeah he hasn't moved for me either. I mean, it. Pat, you. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's a command problem, right? Walks are up, chase rate down, but he's still – He's got the best whiff rate of his career, so it, it's like just a command problem. He's got to find he's got to find his pitches back. Um, I I think Paxton's a great target, I, and, and, I, and then most of those whiffs I think are coming on his fastball too, which I think is even more impressive because the fastball is notoriously like the toughest pitch to get whiffs on because you throw it so much. Listen, I, I'm still buying low on him, but to say that the needle doesn't move at all after this start is a little, a little tough. Um, but yeah, I, I, and he definitely is still a good buy, buy target. Pat, uh, Joe, what are some uh, deals you say? Sure. So uh, Sean Mania and Solarte for Paxton. Oh, of course you want the Paxton side. <laughs> yeah, you want the Paxton Easy, side. Right, That's yeah. Terrible. All right, what about uh, – that's a, that's a trade that I would offer a pet. All right, all right. Wait, this is a good one. This is a good one. I think this is a good one. So what about Carrasco for Paxton and Darvish? Ooh. Carrasco for Paxton and Darvish. Oh, my God. Dar Darvish and Paxton together are so sexy. And you hope that one of them just does what they got to do. What they can okay, do. listen, this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to take the Paxton and Darvish shot side, too. and I'll explain why. Me too. Because You only need one to hit. Exactly, yeah. You, you get two bites at the apple, and if one gets hurt, you're not sunk, whereas if you're the Carrasco side and he gets hurt, you're completely sunk. Whenever, whenever I think of Carlos Carrasco, all I can think about is that picture of him stepping on second base with his knee busted or, or falling off the mound with his knee busted. Yeah. I'm taking the packs inside though. Yeah, yeah, you gotta have you gotta have more. Uh, the volume there is too good yeah. to pass up. All right, what about? Uh, I think this one's easy. What about um, Paxton and Dave Robertson for uh, Joaquin Soria and Rasiel Iglesias? <laughs> oh my God! Oh man! Skip. Can yeah, I definitely. get into that league, please? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Paxton, no doubt. That's all I got. All right, um, Marcus Stroman, we buying? Nah, I'm selling. Um, uh, when I when I see a pitcher who had a spring injury come out to the sort of start, it's concerning. Stroman's primary issue has been 
a total inability to throw strikes. He's falling behind, he's putting guys on, and then he's getting pummeled. He's got a 50% hard contact rate against. The velocity is down. I, I think he's still hurt. I think he rushed back yeah. from this injury, and yep. he's still hurting. Now, full disclosure, um, in our home league, I threw out an offer where I offered Drew Pomerantz and a few fab dollars for him. But let me explain that because I figured one of you might shout me out on it. Um, nobody wants Drew Pomerantz. Ah. So I do. Stroman has name value and a couple of good starts versus AL bottom feeders, and you can flip him for something, whereas you can't flip Drew Pomerantz for anything. Is Stroman that guy, really? You think that if he – I don't know if he has that much value just because of the carry. I mean, it's up this year, which is great, but I mean – He was drafted as like a top 35 starting pitcher. He's got value. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm selling as well. I was just never a Stroman guy. Um, you know, the past couple of seasons, 27 and, 2017 and 2015 uh, – I'm sorry, 2017 2016 um, – yeah, you know, the K rate seven point three ish. That just doesn't do it for me. He didn't walk guys. Uh, the ERA was completely up and down both seasons. So I was just never a Stroman guy. I'm definitely selling, not buying. Yeah, I mean, I was a Stroman guy, um, but yeah, I mean, I I expressed concerns on draft day on our in our home league by skipping him because of the shoulder injury, um, and he's done nothing to to sway me otherwise. So yep. what are some trades you got? Oh God, I got none ready. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> let's move on to. <laughs> Sorry. Let's... I can pull him up real quick. I, I got him here. I got him here. Okay. Uh, Strowman for Fulmer and Martin Jose Martinez definitely. Definitely not. I definitely rather have Fulmer and Jose Martinez. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, you'd rather have Fulmer and Martinez. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Nick Pavetta for Marcus Strowman definitely Pavetta. Pavetta. Um, who else? Oh man. God, Strowman, Archer, and Aaron Hicks for Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> Strowman, Archer, team. and Aaron Hicks for Giancarlo Stanton. No. No. Which no. side would you rather have? John Stanton. I'd rather have the Stanton side. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Just making sure. Just making sure. Um, Strowman and Chris Bryant for Kutch, Price, and Andalar. What? That's a Nick trade right there. No, I need a, I need a <laughs> that is the ultimate Nick trade. <laughs> oh, like your two, like your two of your best pieces for like two of his like middling pieces and like a throw-in. Oh, wow, none of these trades are good <laughs> anymore. They're all awful. All right, that was a waste of time. Sorry, sorry, listeners. Uh, next up, my favorite pitcher in baseball, John Gray. We buying? You guys buying? Yeah, I'm buying. Yeah. The velocity looks fine to me. I think he's struggling with command. Did you see him today? And fighting cores a bit. I didn't. How do he look? 11 Ks, one walk, no earned runs over. Oh, yeah, so, so vintage John Gray. Yeah, he's the greatest. Okay, well, then you can't buy a low on him anymore. So, sorry. 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 Um, but, but I mean, yeah. like, he was not overly expensive on draft day. And, you know, we shouldn't say that you can't buy him because now somebody that's owned him that was fed up with him might say, all right, I'm getting off now. Like, yeah. I don't want to own this guy who has to pitch in cores. He got to face the Padres. 
who are terrible. They played the Padres today, right? They're not the terrible. They're scoring so, runs, Pat. The Padres are terrible. So I got to face the Padres today. Like, let me get off now. Like, I can I can get off safely and sell him. And I think you can still get him at a um, at a discount compared to where he probably should be in terms of his talent. Um, Colorado pitcher has had some bad starts. The unsavvy owners will be spooked. There's no injury indicators here. I'm buying. It's a good spot for a cash out on pitchers like um, Miles Mikolas, Chris Stratton, and Ronaldo Lopez, in my opinion. God, Mikolas looks really good. Uh, yeah, I'm totally buying. I mean, even with the 14% homer to fly ball rate, a 372 BAPIP fuels a lot of the damage that's been done to him. I mean, there are some minor red flags that the strikeouts are down a bit and the chase, chase rate is down. So his payoff pitches might not be as effective as they've been in the past, but even still, he's not six ERA bad. And, well, that was before this start today. Um, and I think owners are pretty frustrated. Owners might be pretty frustrated with him right now, as you you were feeling offers for him. So, um, Nick? So- yeah, I wasn't I, I, w- I was never going to trade John Gray. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think he, he represents a great buying opportunity. Some some deals with John Gray. So uh Devers for Teoscar and Gray. Um I'd rather have the Devers side. Mm. Yeah, I think I'd rather have the Devers side because third base has been kind of decimated by these injuries. Yeah, I'd rather have the deeper side too, but it's close. It's, it's close. close. Um, no, it's not a bad trade. What about Corbin for Gray? No. Oh. No way. I'm I'm the Corbin owner. I'm aiming higher. I think Corbin is in front of Gray at this point. Yeah, I would say Corbin is in front of Gray. If am I am I pulling that trick? I, I, I if you are for me, Corbin right now for Gray, I'm not going to take it though. I would take Corbin for over Gray. Uh, what about Q for Gray and Teoscar? Q? Quintana. Gray and Teoscar. I'm not trading Quintana. You guys are low on him. I'm still very high on him. <sighs> I'd still rather have Quintana than Gray and I think Teoscar. I'd rather have Quintana too. Okay. That's all I got. All right. Well, that's all we got. That's all we got. I hope you guys were able to sit through my hosting. Oh, yeah. I didn't think it was that bad. You pulled through in the end. I, I pulled through a little bit, kind of. Um, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Twitter. Thanks, Joe. Hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> uh, you can tweet Pat. He's at what? What's your Twitter handle, Pat? Patrick FWO. And Joe? Joe FWO. And I am at Nick FWO. Guys, thank you for listening. Peace out. Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, time out. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. 
Here's some music to get you pumped. Da down da down da down da down dang dang. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Da-dum, da-dum, Progressive da-dum, Casualty da-dum. Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.